Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Fun fact, it took us 30 seconds to figure out the intro today. Yeah. Well, mine wasn't recording properly. It didn't go, so it was just a mess. We're and a then mess. I didn't know how to count. It just threw me off. I was yeah. like, wait, how do you count to three? Um, so that's how this episode is going to go. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Oh, and happy family day if you're Ontario. Happy free day off of work for literally no reason, but I'll take it. I was going to say, honestly, family day is like the most stupid fucking holiday. They're just like, what do we call a day that we just don't want you to come into work? Yeah. Like, why don't you just call it a day off work? Like pa day adult pa day like, oh, yes <laughs> i'm excited i'm just gonna sleep all day I'm, I'm looking forward to it i didn't know it was a long weekend i saw someone post on instagram and i was like it's a long weekend i've before we started recording i went downstairs like Stuart, do you know you have a long weekend he's like yes danielle and i was like <laughs> does he i didn't know that we both didn't know that we're like going back to work soon <laughs> yeah so, uh, a bunch of people were talking about it at work uh yesterday and I was like, I don't think we're going back. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure we're going back. I'm like, I haven't heard anything. So I text Stuart. I was like, did you know we're going back? And he's like, no. And I was like, yes, yeah, we're not going back. No, we are. We are. <laughs> they just didn't want to tell, like, you guys. <laughs> they knew I'd fucking whine about it. <laughs> I, I mean, that. I don't want to. I just, I want to, like, work at home where I can wear my pajamas and not look at people <laughs> that's definitely one thing about this pandemic it's proved that a lot of jobs can work from home even though your job's just like ha, huh, we're gonna be blindsided to that <laughs> but like most companies are like yo we can just do this at home and it saves companies money like i know a lot of the big buildings downtown toronto uh they like rent floors of condos essentially well not condos office buildings mm-hmm. and so they're now stopping the rent on like five floors because they're like well these departments could just work from home now we don't need that anymore so that's like a huge expense on their part so money in their i'm all for it (laughs) (laughs) it works for everybody just let me go home (laughs) right even like hybrid programs they work yeah um in in murder news uh we have an update mm, yeah. for the Adam Strong case, which was episode 83. I went back and looked it up because I was like, I know he did it recently. Um, so they found uh, the first victim, Candace Fitzpatrick. Uh, they found her remains back in November of 2021. Uh, and it was just officially ID'd as her, I think it was, what, Thursday? Yeah. Like Thursday. Uh, so they finally did confirm that they were her remains. And there's a really cute picture of her dad with the other victim, Rory Hash's mom, where they're hugging. And I may or may not have cried over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really nice picture. Um, So Adam actually voluntarily told the officers where she was. And there was no deal made, which if you remember, he was like trying to strike deals during his interview the whole time. So I find it kind of funny that he was just like giving it up. I don't know yeah. why he did that. Um, but for those who don't remember the case, Candace was reported missing in 2008 and there was DNA evidence that was found in Adam's house that led police to charging him with her death, but they didn't have any remains. It was just like trace DNA. Uh, so it took them from 2008 until literally last November to find her. And now they have her and I hope that the family has some closure. Yeah. And also Adam Strong is a piece of squirrel turd squirrel turd that's very specific there's a squirrel outside <laughs> my window so that's what i was looking at. <laughs> yeah i hate that one um episode 83 again if you guys haven't heard it it's that one 
that's where you can learn about the case or you can just google it yeah up to you <laughs> it's just it's wild i because i i text holly about it i was like yo they're updating it on the case because Stuart's mom called and was like yo that guy you know that murdered people is on the news <laughs> casual casual uh i saw that they uh there was going to be a press conference about remains found in 2021 and i was like that's random and then when you texted that i was like oh wow there's an update and i was like wait <laughs> is Let's it tied dots <laughs> Oh, and fun fact. Well, not really fun fact, but where uh, where her remains were found was my boyfriend's backyard back when it was a house. <laughs> like, not currently. Like, he doesn't live there right now. No, he doesn't live there right now, and it's no longer the same house. Like, it's now a subdivision yeah. of some sort. But where his house was back in the day, that was his backyard. That's what I'm crazy. saying is they've come and bought all the land and tore it up and turned it into a subdivision. But <laughs> at one point, there was one house there. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. What a small fucking world. It's just, it's like, it's weird to have a podcast talking about true crime, but then it's even weirder to know somebody that did that shit. It's always weird when it hits close to home or when you have like a, like a six, is it six degrees? Is that what they call it? Of Kevin Bacon or whatever it is. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Because um, you're just, I don't know, you just automatically feel inserted into the story, I guess. Yeah. It's weird. It's um, so fucking weird. So I guess we'll get into more crime, right? Because I go first, right? That's, um, it's a mess today already. Uh, so I want to thank, I think her name is Ara or Ara. I'm so sorry for the pronunciation. Uh, please correct me. Uh, she suggested this case and it really reminded me of the Ellen Greenberg case that I covered like a while ago. I think that was, I want to say it was one of the first, first season, quote unquote. Um, so Danielle's going to get really mad at this case. I'm guessing I already gave her a warning. Hence on like why Wednesday, I the biggest glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is a really gross case. Uh, not gross in like graphic, but in the handling of it. So yeah, you guys are gonna get mad. Okay. Um. So Michelle O'Connell was a 24 year old single mom to a then four year old daughter named Alexis. Uh, her friends and family described her as quote a driven woman whose world revolved around her daughter. She was working four jobs trying to support their little family until she finally landed her dream job at a daycare. Uh, I always thought that was such a weird dream job. Why do you want to be surrounded by children? Um, you know, some people just love it. <laughs> Can you I imagine have... like 10 of them? Like, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> one to like three, maybe 10. No, thank you. Like I'm struggling um, with one. Like entertaining <laughs> a seven month old is exhausting. And one is enough. <laughs> like 10 of them? No. No, no thank no. you. Um, so her loved one says she was really, really excited about this new chapter in her life and she started to feel like she was like getting her shit together um there was just one thorn left in her side her boyfriend jeremy banks uh were you putting your hand up to like say something no i'm scratching my head oh i only saw like this much of your hand (laughs) ma'am you can interrupt me (laughs) um so her boyfriend jeremy was a sheriff's deputy in saint augustine florida where they lived and according to michelle he was an abusive dick um Jeremy denies any allegations of abuse, and I think technically nothing was ever, like, legally stated that he abused her. So, alleged, don't sue me, but he was kind of an asshole. But if, like, Um, the shoe fits, then the shoe fits. Yeah, if it walks like a duck. Um, So there was one incident where he claimed that he restrained Michelle for his own safety. Um, I later found out that this was actually, he fucking body slammed her in her mother's home in front of her mother. And he was like, she was running at me, so I body slammed her. 
what if i was like her mom i would fucking deck him in the head yeah she was like half his size like she wasn't she was a small woman and i was like what um you can like usually restrain somebody but not body by not body yeah (laughs) like jesus um and also if she's that small your life probably wasn't in danger you stupid yeah i'm gonna say his life was probably not in danger danger um so michelle's daughter alexis would later tell police that she saw them fighting often and called jeremy quote a bad person who quote fights with her mother um she also said she saw jeremy hit her mother with a belt on at least one occasion uh alexis was only five when she sat through these interviews so i don't Mm. really think she would lie about something like that and just the the verbiage of it she didn't straight up say like she didn't sound coached or anything yeah um so the couple had been together for a while um long enough to be living together but i couldn't find the exact timeline so they lived together um before her death in 2010 michelle had started telling friends that she was ready to leave jeremy because of his abuse uh the relationship had been long over but she was never stable enough to just leave him to try to live on her own but because of this new job she finally felt like i can do this it's it's time for me to leave him yeah um on the night of September 2nd, 2010, Michelle and Jeremy headed to a Paramore concert, which oh my I thought God. was, like, kind of cool. <laughs> my favorite band ever. <laughs> I know. Um, I was a little bit jealous. Um, so they went to the Paramore concert with Michelle's brother. Michelle's brother said it was, like, super awkward the whole time, and she was, like, giving off major, like, see you next Tuesday vibes to him. Mm. While she was there, like, she's very being very standoffish to the point where he's like, uh, do you want to switch seats so you're not beside your boyfriend? Like, that's so awkward. here um so they already had the tickets and michelle like really wanted to go so she just sucked it up for the night and uh she told all of her friends that she was going to break up with him after the show uh michelle told her friend mindy fox that she had her bags packed and ready to go back at her house the two ladies were going to celebrate michelle's new freedom after the concert with a night of partying uh, which could you imagine going out after a concert I, like, mm. pass out after a show. Yeah. like I was Even like, back in the day. I was, like, thinking, I'm, like, even when we, like, went out, like, even if it was, like, like, I used to go to, um, we used to go, like, the ACC a lot for, like, we saw, like, Billy Talent there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, even after that show, I was, like, even though you're downtown, I'm, like, I'm going to bed. I think it's because it's so hard for us to get home. Yeah, like, it's automatically, years. like, an hour trip home that you have to factor into your evening. And the amount of times I've fallen asleep on the train and missed my stuff. <laughs> dude when you woke up at uh that one place that yeah. they don't want to say i, called I was like mom. how did you do that i was like mom can you come get me i don't know where i am I, i'm scared um so yeah they were gonna go out after the concert and michelle also made plans the next day to have brunch with her mom and then she was going to attend cpr training for her new job um michelle had been texting mindy the whole night about where they were gonna go and how much fun they were gonna have Uh, i wanted to make note of michelle's plans here because uh i just wanted to point out that she clearly had not been planning to die that night no obviously Um, not yes she obviously had been making plans for actually the rest of the week they found like a journal where she had plans for the whole week um so chrissy o'connell who's michelle's sister was babysitting alexis while they were at the concert she started receiving text messages around like 10 ish like towards the end of the show and uh they were not nice text messages so they read quote promise me one thing lexi will be happy and always have a good life and chrissy replied promise you what to which michelle said quote that no matter what lexi will always be safe and loved uh chrissy asked her what she meant but the last text she received just said quote i'll be there soon michelle never came to pick up her daughter that night 
Um, according to Jeremy, the two argued in the car on the way home. He said it started his bickering until Michelle Michelle told him that she had already packed her things and would be leaving that night. Um, he asked <laughs> he asked if they were breaking up, to which she replied, "Yes, I I'm packed my things moron. and I'm leaving like... you." <laughs> um, this guy sounds there, dense. <laughs> he looks dense too. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, Jeremy admitted that the fighting got worse and the two were screaming at each other until they arrived at the house. Uh, he said they cooled off and were, quote, fine once they got home. I Michelle, doubt I, I, I doubt it. Also, I have been in many of a, an argument and that's just, you don't just automatically are like, it's not like you walk fine. in the door and you're like, oh my God, I'm a whole new woman. Like, no. <laughs> you hold on sometimes to it shit. escalates. <laughs> yeah, it just gets worse when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one there to hear you. Yeah. Um, So Michelle stayed inside the house while Jeremy was hanging out in the garage with a couple of friends. After about 20 minutes, his friends went home and he claimed to be sitting alone in his garage when he heard a sound that he knew all too well. It was the popping of a gunshot. He ran inside calling Michelle's name and he approached their bedroom door, finding it locked. He banged on the door and called her name again, but a second shot rang out. At this point, Jeremy uh, grabbed the phone to call 911 and he kicked the door down. He found Michelle lying on the ground with a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, his own weapon, like his own police issued weapon was on the floor with, uh, it was by her left hand and the, the flashlight thing was turned on for some reason. Um, when police arrived on the scene, she was pronounced dead. Investigators noted that she had some of Jeremy's prescription pills in her pocket at the time of her death. Um, so the first gunshot that he found or heard, sorry, was found in the carpet and investigators wrote this off as what they called a test shot. Um, so literally or, before uh, the or a uh, intimidation shot. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle already knows where this is going. I do. Um so literally before they had even removed her body from the home, deputies and detectives on the scene were referring to the death as a suicide. Um, their friend and colleague told them that she killed herself therefore it simply must be true in all fairness uh, it kind of looked like a suicide Uh, slight graphic warning here so michelle's fatal injury was to the back of her throat meaning that the gun was in her mouth when it went off Um, so that with the the pills in her pocket and the whole breakup thing kind of gave the illusion of a suicide um Jeremy would also tell detectives that she was suicidal for a while leading up to this. He said that Michelle would often tell Jeremy that he made her want to kill herself, which to me is more of a red flag on Jeremy than Michelle, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but they uh, they took it as further evidence of suicide. And the coroner would officially rule her death a suicide a few days later. I think it was like two days later. Um, not a very thorough investigation at all. I wonder um, why. Interestingly enough, the only person who questioned the suicide at the scene, former St. John, St. John's County Sheriff's Deputy Deborah Maynard, uh, she was fired shortly after she questioned the handling of the case. <gasps> of course she was. <laughs> In a quote from ABC.com, she said, quote, immediately it was almost like they were taking Jeremy's word that she shot herself at that point. We were told it was a suicide. They automatically said it was a suicide, though we are trained to say every scene is a homicide until proven otherwise. But they did immediately start calling it a suicide. End quote. That's so, because one of their boys in blue were involved. 
<laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, so Deborah was fired for allegedly being untruthful, uh, which she claims spawns from another case. But she says uh, the sheriff told her to lie and she refused and then she got fired. And this is a separate case. So the sheriff allegedly told her to lie about another case. I was going to say, so there's this this whole, uh, what are they called? Like the police station like you know how there's like different stations the department or whatever yeah unit guess, something unit there yeah unit i guess they're all just like real sketch yeah uh there's oh. there's a bunch of layers we're just getting started they're all just whacking each other off like <laughs> <laughs> uh, i shouldn't laugh at that if i ever have like any issue and i have to call the cops they're probably never gonna help me <laughs> like that this bitch <laughs> we've heard enough you can figure it out yourself i probably would so I don't honestly you'd probably do a better job yeah um so deborah was not alone in her thinking with this case uh michelle's family simply refused to accept that michelle had taken her own life uh she was so excited for this new chapter in her new blah 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 blah. she was so excited for this new chapter of her life and she'd been making plans like i said for the whole week after her death Uh, and they knew that she wouldn't just leave her daughter without any planning without saying hey someone come pick her up and bring some like you know what i mean and she didn't have a backup plan for her daughter who she worked four jobs to support yeah that doesn't Um, make sense when deborah maynard told michelle's mother patty that she had found michelle's bags packed at the house patty knew deep down that jeremy was involved with her death um so for those who may not know the most fragile time for someone trying to leave an abusive relationship is actually the end of the relationship uh so when someone tells their abuser that they're leaving their abuser can become erratic and and desperate um they've had like control over their partner for however long they've been together so when they lose that control they kind of spiral a little bit at um, Kanye West. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like you're not wrong i'm not that's wrong. it's so hard to watch it's, i hate watching it yeah i hate watching insane. it i hope to god she drops the west from her instagram name just to like i don't that even, would even like st- but that would start something it's just it's so toxic to see i just can't help it like so off topic but just like imagine she didn't have security and money and multiple home you know what i mean like that happens to people every day and and no one knows yeah and to see it on such a public scale is just like and people like applauding it i hate looking at his comments but i also can't look away it's like a car crash yeah it's people it's, are like supporting him being like you're doing the right thing bro and it's like no he's not no you're not no nope. <laughs> no you're not that's a mess Crazy. um sorry so off topic <laughs> that was a much needed rant um so yeah the theory here is that michelle told jeremy she was leaving him and that he snapped mm-hmm. uh Patty and her family fought with the sheriff for months after Michelle's death. Uh, They insisted that there was no way the death could have been ruled a suicide so quickly after the discovery of the body and accused the department of fumbling the case. Uh, Finally, four months later, County Sheriff David Shore requested a new review of the investigation to be conducted by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. So this is like, I guess, like a federal review. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't happy about it. Uh, He was actually quite snotty. And uh, I think he did it to shut the family up, but it kind of blew up in his face. Uh, So I wanted to say one really rich quote from this sheriff before I get into the new investigation. Uh, When he was asked about the family's concerns about the case, uh, what he said was, quote, a few family members who will go to any lengths to maintain their moment in the spotlight. (gasps) What's this guy's name? (laughs) Uh, Something Shore. David Shore. Fuck you, David. Oh, he has another one later on, too. He pissed me off. 
so the new investigation starts. During this investigation, a whole slew of evidence was brought forward that was missed or just not looked into the first time around. Are we surprised? Including witnesses. <gasps> including witnesses. <laughs> you mean so like tr- the main thing when you're doing uh, an investigation? Dude, they didn't canvas the neighborhood. They didn't go door to door being like, hey, did you hear anything? Hey, did you hear these gunshots? (laughs) Yeah. So nobody conducted any interviews with the neighbors. Nobody spoke to the neighbors. So this time they were like, hmm, maybe we should do that. See, I think Uh, I I would be that neighbor that would go over and be like, I heard them screaming then I heard a gunshot. Absolutely. I'm going to get as involved as I can. Yeah. Um, So two different neighbors said that they had heard screaming and fighting around the time. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> around the time michelle and jeremy got home from the concert yeah they heard a woman screaming for help then they heard two gunshots these two witnesses passed fbi polygraph tests um and if michelle truly committed suicide why would they have heard a woman screaming for help uh you fishy you it's um, not like she's so, like last minute like i'm changing my mind but then yeah <laughs> does it anyway like no um sorry i scrolled too far again investigators also sent the gun for testing which was not done the first time around and discovered that there was no blood no fingerprints or dna of any kind on the weapon if it was Uh, in your mouth and you shot yourself there wouldn't be blood all over it and saliva and they were they were expecting to see jeremy's dna on it because it was his work gun so like they were they were expecting to see a fingerprint because it's like well obviously his fingerprint will be on it it's his gun not even his were on it so it looked it yep it looked to them like they had wiped that it had been wiped down um there was gunshot residue on jeremy's hands but the investigator noted it looked like he tried to wash it off which jeremy denies he said that this was residue from firing his his weapon at a different time naturally which is Um, like you're supposed to report every single time you put you shoot your weapon exactly (laughs) bring up the file bro yeah um so in the last step of this investigation a crime scene reconstructionist with four decades of experience was brought in to recreate the scene of michelle's death uh there was a little bit of controversy because he did it in an open field so uh when it came time to like the courts the defense was like it's not a fair trial because he didn't do it in her house um which fair i guess but he had 40 years of experience so i think he he might know what he's doing yeah um so he performed a test and deemed that it was impossible for michelle to have shot herself based on the way the shell casings were found in the house and how they landed in the field um so this new investigation edited ended with the medical examiner ruling michelle's death a homicide her death certificate was updated but never filed uh the examiner oh So the examiner, Dr. Hoban, he said in an interview, quote, I said that based on this, I would amend the autopsy and change the manner of death from suicide to homicide. I did that, but just internally. I mean, I didn't send it out. It wasn't filed with anybody. It wasn't sent to the funeral director. Was it disclosed? End quote. Dr. Hoban. You're supposed to do that. It's literally his job, but he claims that uh, it wasn't filed because he was told to hold off by the state attorney who deemed the investigation still open. Which, I don't, does a death certificate deem the case closed? I don't think it does. No, it doesn't. It just determines the death. (laughs) I think there was a lot of people not doing their jobs very well. Like, can you you imagine, like, everything, every case in this world, like, this person's died? There's her death certificate. Case closed. We're done. They're dead. Case closed. (laughs) Case closed. That's how law works. Like, Um, (laughs) I'm fucking stupid. 
So despite all of the new evidence suggesting Michelle was killed, there was still no charges brought against Jeremy Banks. Uh, the prosecutor believed there wasn't enough evidence to pinpoint him as a killer. Um, oh. I personally believe he was just a cop with some friends in high places. Um, yeah, one, he's a cop. He knows how to hide evidence. He uh, cleaned his gun. He has residue on his hands, which I'm sorry, doesn't really last long on your hands. And if you're already washing your hands, well, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a big eye opener. And, like, I'm pretty sure if you're a sheriff's deputy and your pals with the sheriff and the sheriff's pals with the prosecutor who's pals with the state attorney, who, you know what I mean? It's one of, everybody's watched crime shows, okay? Y'all are sucking um, each other's dicks. <laughs> exactly. In <laughs> <laughs> um, an unfortunate twist, Dr. Hoban was reprimanded for storing case files in his home. Uh, <laughs> one of these files included Michelle's updated death certificate. So this allowed the state to bring in a new examiner, Dr. Predrag Bulik, who sided with the department and determined her death to be a suicide once again, because oh of course. Because he, um, they have big pockets and so does he, apparently. Yeah, now he does. Um, so in 2016, just about six years after her death, uh, Michelle's family had a private pathologist exhume and perform a new autopsy on her remains. Uh, this ruffled the sheriff's feathers and he issued another lovely statement, quote, why did these certain family members not request a judge to order a proper and officially sanctioned exhumation? We suspect the answer is that they would not have met the threshold for a judge to order one. Molesting Michelle from her place of rest using some freelance type approach is beyond unconventional it was reprehensible i'm this, sorry the it was already deemed a homicide and you did absolutely nothing about it they didn't exhume the bodies why didn't they do it once it yeah. was ruled a homicide you um, also didn't like ask the neighbors what they thought or what they heard you also didn't test anything. the gun which was the, the weapon of choice the, like this statement to me sounded like he was backed into a corner and he was just lashing out and he's like if i sound super offended and angry then people are gonna think i care about this case no you're just you know so what I mean? fucking stupid yeah um so a new autopsy was done despite his uh disapproval or whatever and they found even more evidence that was missed in the first investigation uh first and foremost this autopsy revealed that michelle had a broken jaw the sheriff tried to blow this off by saying it was caused by the gunshot, but this new coroner disagreed. In an interview with People magazine, Dr. William Anderson revealed, quote, the most reasonable explanation is that a hit in the jaw with a fist created the mandible fracture. I probably said that wrong. Mandible? Ma no, mandible? Right. Yeah. Um, so he believed that Michelle was incapacitated after she was punched in the face and that a an additional person, so not Michelle, put the gun in her mouth while she was knocked out. Um, there was also a cut above her eye that would back this theory that she was abused before her death. Um, so neither of these facts were mentioned in the initial autopsy report. A broken jaw and a cut above the eye were That's not mentioned in the autopsy report. Pretty big thing to miss. It's a pretty fucking big thing to miss. Um, Dr. Anderson also roasted the investigators by saying, quote, all those people making assumptions this was a suicide were unaware of the existence of the fractured mandible. That's a different injury pattern and creates a whole different scenario in the case. Um, so on top of the broken jaw, Michelle's DNA was not found on the pill bottles where the drugs in her pocket came from. And there were also no drugs found in her system. So it's almost like they were placed in her pocket to give off the impression that she was suicidal. Mm -hmm. Um 
After these findings were released, there was a whole bunch of back and forth between the family and the sheriff. Uh, The sheriff stood by the suicide ruling and said the broken jaw was again caused by the gunshot. Um, The original coroner did note the broken jaw in his like field report, but did not include it in the initial autopsy for some unknown reason. So his, his thing was like, oh, we knew about it. We just assumed it was from the gunshot um but even if you assumed it was from the gunshot it should be in the autopsy report absolutely um dr anderson who's the the private pathologist he fought back saying this was simply not possible um another graphic warning here so the only other damage to the mouth uh was the bullet hole that went through her tongue and severed her spinal cord upon its exit um dr anderson is firm in his belief that if michelle shot herself in the mouth while fully awake and alert she'd have broken teeth and additional tissue damage but there was none found just a broken jaw and a hole in her tongue um so she wasn't moving yeah that to me sounds like she was limp for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term and it was because if you think about it like ugh, i don't want to get too graphic here but like chances are she would have been biting down had she done it herself yeah. and, and that, like also the blowback, shaking. like you, yeah. your hands would shake and stuff yeah uh the blowback would have broken her teeth you know what yeah. i mean and there was nothing so it sounded like her jaw was not closed when it happened if that makes sense mm-hmm. um in 2017 the florida medical examiner's commission reprimanded both dr hoban and dr bullock after determining they had both mishandled some of the components of the investigation um so the the other guy that they brought in to switch it back to his suicide he had shown crime scene photos to people outside of the department and that's why he got reprimanded jesus um so i don't think another like official autopsy was ever done after these two were reprimanded just the private one that the family did um i'm glad they did uh, me too uh, and I believe the guy that did it did it for free. Like, it was a pro bono thing because he just wanted to help the family, which I thought was really nice. Yeah. Um, in 2018, Jeremy filed a civil lawsuit against Rusty Rogers, who uh, he was, like, the guy leading the second investigation. Um, so Jeremy claimed that he was detained illegally and his rights were violated. But a judge ruled that Rogers definitely had probable cause to detain Jeremy for homicide, and the case was immediately dropped. I fucking love um, that. Fuck you. <laughs> the judge was like, mm, you kind of look like a killer, and Jeremy was like, fuck. Yeah. Um, so after the civil suit was dismissed, Michelle's family tried to appeal to uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott. They wanted him to get a new prosecutor assigned to the case, but his term ended and the family was kind of like shoved to the back burner between the transitions. Mm-hmm. Um ABC News actually reached out to the new governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, asking if he could provide an update. He didn't answer, but the Florida Department of Law Enforcement sent an email saying, quote, in this case, multiple state attorneys looked at the case and determined there was insufficient evidence to pursue charges. Our case is closed. Um, That's fucking rude. Yeah. Uh, So in a strange twist, in January of 2019, there was this... Oh my god, this sentence was a disaster. There was a suspicious death call in St. Augustine, Florida. I gotta fix this list, man. I'm too old for this. <laughs> um, that was turned over to the, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office due to a connection to the Michelle O'Connell case. So the man who was found dead was an amateur sleuth who was investigating Michelle's death. Um, to me, it sounded like he was like a blogger slash podcaster type. Like I don't think he was hired from the family. Okay. Um, so he was found shot to death in his condo, and his 
his case is still open and super suspicious. Um, and unfortunately, this is where the case currently rests. Uh, Michelle's mother and the rest of her family are still fighting for the case to be reopened. Um, there's an active Facebook group open to like raise awareness and keep her name sort of in the press. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Banks was suspended from the force for a whole year. Oh, wow. Uh, but is back in the line of duty and working for the same department as recently as 2019. Uh, Michelle's mother, Patty, said she will never give up on her daughter. Uh, in an interview, she said, quote, you can't grieve until you get justice. You have to have your justice. And I really hope she gets it. Cause, I hope uh, she does too. I feel like this is the most blatant cover-up case I've ever read. It's, like, like very, <laughs> very obvious it's a cover-up. It's a terribly done cover-up. And the fact that, like, I think if this made it, like, big in the headlines, it would be one of those insta-solved. Yeah. At Kim K. <laughs> Yeah, it really reminded me of that Ellen Greenberg case where uh, she had the stab wounds to, like, the back of her neck and the back of her head. And they're like, oh, it was a suicide. It's, like, (laughs) definitely not a fucking suicide. Yeah. So so do they think this new death, like, has something to do with banks? uh, So they didn't straight up say that. But the fact that he was investigating Michelle's death there's some and he maybe was found dead yeah yeah it sounds like one of those he he found something and was shot kind of thing um he was killed in his own home he was in saint augustine florida he was within the jurisdiction of uh jeremy's police department like Fucking that unit florida. or what have you of course Fucking it's florida, florida. <laughs> but yeah i thought that w- that was uh interesting that it definitely came across as like a hit to me you know yeah that's that's very weird yeah i hope i hope that one gets solved because it's i feel like it's fucking a blatant cover-up allegedly don't sue me i mean it's a cover-up you can try and sue me (laughs) (laughs) i need a good fight you know (laughs) i'm in a mood yeah i'm in a mood (laughs) oh that's funny uh do we have something spooky now and maybe lighten the mood a little bit (laughs) we do actually it's actually not that spooky it's kind of like I just well, it is spooky. There's there's paranormal to it, but like the story behind it is just wild to me. It's just fucking wild. And uh, you might I love when you get excited about them. They're always good when you get like animated about it. <laughs> yeah, but you might like it. It's called the Frank Slide. Oh my god, that's so funny. That right? was my dad's name. Yeah. Um. So it's um. It's a a rock like the deadliest rock slide in Canadian history. Um. So the, <laughs> yeah. of course it's called the Frank because the town is called Frank. Stop! There's a town called Frank. In Alberta. That's awesome. In good old Alberta. We should move there. There's only 200 people that live there right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Right? Um, so the town of Frank, as I said, is located in Alberta, Canada. It was founded in 1901, and the town was built just at the base of Turtle Mountain, which is like... Turtle Mountain? <laughs> yeah. What is this magical place? <laughs> Let's go, Charlie. <laughs> 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 Candy man. Yeah. oh my god do, do you remember how humble youtube started that That's was right. what was entertaining <laughs> it was i like to think about that almost on a daily basis what was the other one uh mitchell davis oh my god he yes. had like the dumbest videos and we were like enthralled <laughs> right the dandelion video anyways um oh. people are gonna be like what the fuck are you guys talking about just if you don't know mitchell davis she's too young for you bro right (laughs) (laughs) um so this town was built there because a year prior there was like a shit ton of coal that was discovered so naturally a town was built to support this mine it was named after henry frank so he owned the canadian american coal and coke company with this guy named samuel coke like 
that's what I, I was like. So they, <laughs> I was like, is it like called the coal and coke as in like Coca-Cola or like cocaine? Because <laughs> I'm confused. We're going to have to look into that. I, say, I think he sold drugs. I think he sold drugs too. I mean, like, imagine just being so like good knowing, at selling drugs that you could put it in your business that's name. what i mean it's just like yeah coal and uh coke i do two things i sell coal <laughs> and i sell coke i mean he's making a lot of fucking money so good for him yeah <laughs> um so these two operated the mine that was in frank so by 1903 there was about 600 people living there um, many of these mi- being like the miners and their families um but the town had like a bank a school there was like hotels that you could stay at so it was like a pretty well off town Um, So the mountain that stands over this town, um, it's still there, but like part of it obviously isn't there anymore, um, consists of limestone and other materials such as uh, shale and sandstone, um, which doesn't mean like shit to me, but I'm just telling you guys just in (laughs) case. Sounds fancy. You know. (laughs) However, weeks prior to the rock slide, apparently miners were reporting that they felt the mountain rumble from within and sometimes the support beams in the mines would like crack or like splinter. Yeah. So the That's black... like my biggest irrational fear. I will literally never be in a mine ever. No. But like a mine collapse is one of my irrational fears. You'll <laughs> <laughs> oh never God. catch me dead in one, but I'm it's scared like of it. That, that um that one maze we went through at fear fest or the when they tried to kill me like and we had like panic attacks at the end because like so basically it was like a miners it was halloween haunt so it's like halloween Halloween haunt or whatever they call it now yeah and it was like um i'm pretty sure we talked about it before it was a mine maze but we didn't know it would like enclose at the end so like you have to like duck your head and like the walls caved in and we panicked and it started gradual too like you didn't even notice at first you you were able to walk like you know five or six people across and all of a sudden you're like four across then you're like three across and they're like oh oh my god and then eventually you're like i had a full-on panic attack i the lady behind me was like it's okay you're gonna be okay yeah (laughs) And then, like, Holly's, like, hugging me, and I'm hugging whoever's in front of me, and it was just, it was a disaster. <laughs> it, was, it was a mess. It's a fucking disaster. That's why we don't do things. No. I, we have to go back there again, because I remember I went with just you. It was. But, but both times we went, first off, our friends ditched us the first time. <laughs> yeah. And the second time it was just us, and that was yeah. really fun. We I would love back. to go back. Let's go back. Um, so where was I? Uh, oh yeah. So there woods crack, crack and splinter. So the Blackfoot and the Kootenai people, they're indigenous to this area and they would refer to the mountain as the mountain that moves and they like refuse to like, like camp there or like be there or anything just because the mountain was so dangerous. But these other people like thought to listen to them. No. (laughs) Why would they? (laughs) So on April 29th, 1903, in the really early morning, there was a train heading towards the town um it was either heading towards the town or just coming out of the town uh it was a freight train but it was it heard a deafening rumble um the engineer put the train in full throttle and crossed the crow's nest river bridge this train just missed the rock slide at 4 10 a.m 110 million tons of limestone uh broke off the peak of turtle mountain this rock slide was so loud it could be heard up to 200 kilometers away wow. so the next town was called cochran and that was actually 200 kilometers away and the people in cochran heard and they this. heard it yeah that's crazy yeah 
Um, at first, and it being like 1903, the surrounding area thought the whole town of Frank was buried under this rock slide. And because of how loud it was, there was also reports saying it was either triggered by like an earthquake or something like exploded in the mines. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what happened. Um, now, most of the town actually did survive, if you go by the numbers. Uh, the slide destroyed seven cottages, uh, businesses, a cemetery, and mines as well. Like, all the mine entrances. Yeah. Um, and the rocks also covered the road and the railroad tracks. A hundred people actually lived in the rock slide path. And unfortunately, uh, to this day, they are still unsure about the death toll. It's believed it ranges from 70 to 90 people. But it could be higher than that because there was also people in the town camped, like, outside the mine hoping for work. Um, some say those people weren't there at the time and they had actually left town prior to that, but then other people are saying they never left. So they're not, they're not sure of the numbers. But the whole, like the town as a whole was okay. Like, yeah, some of it got covered, but literally 70 to 90 people out of the 600, which is a lot. Yeah. But it, it seems small on like a Toronto scale, but when you realize there's only 600 people people, in the town, it's a shit ton of people. Yeah. Um, only 12 bodies were recovered at that time. Oh, wow. Yeah, the rest are still buried and entombed under the rocks to this day. Wow. Yeah, in 1924, there was a crew that were building a new road through the ru- the rubble. The rumble. The rubble. <laughs> and in doing so, they uncovered six more skeletons, but that's it. So out of a possible 90, only 18 bodies were ever found. That's so sad. So to this day, you can go visit and there's just rocks there and there's dead people there. It reminds me of the mines in Lord of the Rings for those who made it that far in the movie. <laughs> I fell asleep the first five minutes. So. It, it's it's like a similar story where all the, the, well, I think theirs was like a, a troll or a monster or something, but like a bunch of dwarves got stuck in the mine collapse and it was, it's haunted and creepy. <laughs> yeah. I got to stop making Lord of the Rings references for GL. <laughs> I don't ever understand them, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so at the time of the slide, there was 20 miners working. Three were killed outside the mine and 17 were trapped inside. Those 17 ended up spending 13 hours digging their way out, Ugh. but all survived. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. I don't um, have that much of a will for survival. <laughs> no, I would just be like, just let me die. Yeah. <laughs> I'd let uh, everybody else do it. If they managed to do it, I'd walk out with them. But <laughs> I actually have a family member. I was trying to find it, but I, and I have to me- message them, but um, my, it's either my Nana's cousin or like, I don't know, someone, someone related to my Nana, but out um, east, was it out east? Yeah, out east, uh, her family member got stuck in a mine collapse and they actually passed away. Oh, wow. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but any who's, I have no idea who it was, but any who's it. Um, so a few of the miners that got out from underground found that their families did not make it. One of the miners' wife and four children had actually died in the slide. There was a 15-year-old girl named Lillian Clark. She was working at the boarding house in town, and by for some, like, sheer dumb luck, she got permission to sleep there for the night, so she did. Her home was in the path of the slide, and her whole family perished in the slide. Yeah. Except her. Except her, because that one random night, the boarding house was like, why don't you just stay here tonight instead of going home? Wow. And so she did, and that's the reason why she was alive. There was 128 miners who were supposed to move to the miner camp the day before the slide, but there was a scheduling issue and the train never arrived to get them on time, so they all survived because of that fuck-up. The following day, police and doctors arrived, and there was also an evacuation order for the whole town, so everyone left. There was an investigation into the slide by geologists, and they were found that there was actually 
um, two new peaks that formed on the mountain, um, but the town wasn't in danger. So on May 10th, the evacuation order was lifted and everyone could return. So it took like over a month to be able to be like, go back home. Um, This is my favorite. So was it just like the plates moving kind of thing? They, they, they described it. So basically there was always like water inside of the mountain um so this over time ended up just like shifting the limestone too much and it ended up having that collapse like at the time it was just the peak that fell off wow so they think just over time wear and tear with the water it just just fell so wild yeah i didn't really include it in here because like i was like i don't care how the mountain fell it just fell that i asked yeah so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um so in the aftermath of the mine um so it was set to like be reopened so workers were clean- cleaning out the rubble and open passageways to the mine when they cleared Get back in there like yeah, what like, fuck that um when they cleared one of the passageways they found charlie who was a horse they used in the mine he was still alive oh charlie yeah it gets sad though it gets real oh, fucking no, sad fuck. yeah so charlie survived a full month underground he apparently survived by eating the bark off the timber supports, and there was, like, pools of the water um, in the mine, so he had he wasn't Aww. dehydrated. But then, as I said, the story gets sad because the people are fucking stupid. They were so excited Charlie was alive. They were, like, feeding him oats and, like, brandy, but they overfed him, so he died from being overfed. Fuck off. I'm dead serious. It's not such a bummer. Fucking Charlie. Right? You should have just left it and he was alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, like, he went out good. He got brandy, so... I mean, that's fair. That's, like, uh, I saw this really cute post. Uh, this vet has, like, Hershey's Kisses. Oh, my god! When they when they put dogs down because no dog should go to heaven without tasting chocolate. And I was that's like, so cool. oh, that's really nice. I'm going to go cry now. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was it. Sorry, I was reading the rest of my paragraph. I'm like, I, fin- I finished this with this. <laughs> Um, so parts of the mountain are still considered a risk. There's like cracks or whatever. So the town that was in the part of that um, were moved, but the town of Frank is still there. So the part that it's there is still safe to be in. Um, <laughs> as I said, there's only about 200 residents left. Um, once the mine was shut down, people just left. Um, you can visit this area and the rubble from the slide is still very much there. Oh, like you weird. can see the pictures and it's just like a road and a rock and rocks over it it's crazy they just didn't um, bother clearing it no they cleared a path for like the road and that's it. like that's enough they're like dead bodies yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> they're earth's problem now <laughs> um so both residents and visitors have said in the area you just feel like very unsettled um, and you always feel like you're being watched hikers in the area report seeing apparitions or orbs floating like above like the rubble um, as if like the spirits who perished in the slide are hovering there with their body, like Ooh. where their body's currently like sitting. Almost, yeah. yeah. Um, people have also heard disembodied cries as well, and as well as like the sounds of like the rocks tumbling. Ugh. Like that's so creepy. Um, so the site is a tourist spot. You can go want to see like Dead buried bodies, bodies like, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, there's an it's interpretive like center. Yeah, there's like a there's an interpretive center right above this rubble. And you can go visit, and they have, like, a lookout. You can go. They have a museum. Wow. Which I guess it's, like, a way to honor the people there, but at the same time, you're standing above. It's, it seems kind of sick a little bit. Yeah. Like, once you see the pictures, you're going to be like, wow. This still That's exists. Fucked. Yeah. I So, the or I'm back at the orb thing, because it's just, like, spirits in general are said to be, like, trapped. 
to an extent like bound to the wherever they died kind of mm-hmm. thing but like those ones are literally trapped yeah you know what i mean like if they're buried maybe they can't go beyond that little orb thing and that just made me sad so i wanted to make everybody else sad yeah and they're kind of just like i'm my body is here please come get me sort of thing yeah that's sad. i wonder if charlie's there i hope he is and i hope he's got more brandy right imagine just like going there and seeing like a drunk horse a drunk horse apparition <laughs> that'd be the best <laughs> that'd be the i i would pay millions of dollars to go see absolutely oh yeah um so fun fact stomping tom connors wrote a song about it it's called how the mountain came down so you know i really thought the hockey song was his only song <laughs> it's not he wrote about this too. he's got a career wow <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the hockey song <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, the Frank slide. That's very sad. It's kind of like the cha-cha slide, but like not as Oh fun. my God, Danielle. <laughs> it's not at all like the cha-cha slide, but okay. I'm going to go oh do the cha-cha God. slide in my living room now. That's like my favorite song. You know, the, the like, this is every white person's hype-up playlist. It That's literally my hype-up playlist. Definitely. That, some Shania Twain. We're good to go. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah so that's how we're ending this one <laughs> my face is so like flushy because i literally finished all my wine and that's all it takes is one glass now <laughs> yeah i'm I'm gonna go to bed that sounds lovely let's go mm. to bed oh wait come hang out with us before we go to bed yeah come, <laughs> but come talk to us about this uh this case and let us know your opinions if it how is mad you are a suicide or indeed a murder i think um, we know we know um our instagram is a spooky hour podcast our twitter is at spooky hour and our email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com nailed it oh, send us your yeah. spooky tales and we'll eventually put out another spooky tale episode and i think that's it i think have that's a good it. week friends yeah stay, stay spooky. spooky bye, bye.